everyone to poke and cush it is october 12th 2022 and i own you that's right everybody i went to tiger stadium i came i saw i conquered it was fantastic i think they looked up in the stands saw you atop your golden perch, and they were like, we're going to shellac LSU today. <laughs> well, they went by 37 points. It was a lot. It was like, a lot. I think it was like 44 to 10. 40 to 13 was the final. That was close. Uh, the place emptied out uh, sometime like five minutes into the third quarter. It Was was uh, that just people getting escorted out by the police <laughs> or like- leaving of their own volition? It's one of those weird things where like by any objective measure, it was a beautiful day. But if you were in the sun, you're mm-hmm. like, it's hot as shit outside. That's right? precisely why we did not go to the Tulane game. Because it was too sunny? Yeah. Yeah. It was just too hot. Yeah. But, you know, it was October 4th, so <laughs> why wouldn't it be? <laughs> it also wasn't hot. Like, it was 75, yeah. you know? But it's like, you know, if you're going to be sitting in the sun. Anyway, uh, no, I, I do not own anything at LSU. Uh, it was a fun time. Tennessee had not beaten LSU since I was, like, I don't know, uh, a fetus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been a very long time since the Vols had won uh, in Baton Rouge. It was quite a th- thing there was a lot of tennessee fans there that was fun 11 a.m kickoff there though is like a brutal a we- it's a weird thing there just like doesn't feel like anybody's ready you know yeah well they were serving beer starting at 9 a.m that was on the news was which it really? that was interesting <laughs> but uh everywhere in the french quarter orange orange and white falls fans everywhere yeah i saw Derek dooley getting hand grenades <laughs> Alvin Kamara, the whole crew. Yeah, there are a lot of them, man, and uh, I'm I'm very much hopeful. Uh, and we'll see what happens the rest of the season, but I'm hopeful. Come back for the Sugar Bowl, and then you know, see how many of us can get mugged. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a couple after the game where it was like a group of Vols fans. It was like tailgating next to where we parked, and we're talking to them and whatever. And they'd driven in from uh, you know from Tennessee, and they're like. Uh, they're like, where do you live? And I was like, New Orleans. She's like, oh my God. She's like, are you single or what? And I was like, no. I was like, I've got three kids. She's like, are they homeschooled? I was like, like, how many did you start with? I was like, no. She's like, I mean, is everything okay there? I was like, no. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, it's not Afghanistan. I was like, but you know. And then she's like, oh my God. She's like, I mean, we watch Fox News and you would think that it is like, yeah, Afghanistan. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, well, you know, that's. I was like, I'm not surprised. It's like, but yes, I have kids. They go to school. It's you know. And this chat is happening during the lap dance. <laughs> it's like, it was like, and they were like, yeah, we're staying in New Orleans tonight. Like, are we allowed to leave our hotel? I was like, allowed. I was like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you think's gonna happen. I was like, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I was like, it's a higher likelihood than wherever you're from, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, it was uh, it was just that splash of cold lotion of reality of how people actually perceive 
uh, New Orleans. It was like, man, this is brutal. It's like, I can't tell if this is insanely racist or just like oddly ignorant or uh, what it is. But, all of the above. Or act factually correct. It could have also just been that. It could be all three. <laughs> I haven't seen I they play Fox News at the mall I have lunch at sometimes <laughs> and I'll look over and it's just like New Orleans and then it just shows horrific scenes <laughs> but it seems really since like that Tucker Carlson story about Latoya and the flights and everything that yeah. they hit New Orleans every single day yeah they, they found the cash cow and am I describing this podcast yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think I I just had that light bulb moment while we're t- I'm like, oh, we're doing that. <laughs> the difference to me, we're talking to our own citizenry. Uh-huh. You know, like if you're one of us, you're allowed to be a, a douchebag about mm-hmm. it, and you're allowed to criticize the ones you love. These people are just doing it to say, like, oh, look at all these scary people who live down there. They're so stupid and scary. And it's like, man, I don't know. It was like a weird. It's like talking about your mom. You can make fun of your own mom, yeah. but don't join in. Exactly. It's your mom, too. Exactly. Uh, there is a. Uh, it was funny talking to so many Falls fans who actually were in New Orleans. They said they had a great time and all this stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. You're like, you kind of forget sometimes. You're like, yeah, New Orleans can just be like a super fun place to come visit. I'm certain, you know, for this circumstance compared to going to Auburn, Alabama, for yeah. you know, for a road game, we're going, <laughs> going to Gainesville, Florida. Like, yeah, this is a lot better. Uh, so it was, uh, it was cool. Hopefully we play LSU more than once every 12 years. I think the last time we were there was 12 years ago. Yeah. I was so, at that game. Yeah, so was I, it mm-hmm. was terrible. Um, this was way better. It I felt know. it felt like getting away with something. Like Definitely. everybody in there was like, "We got to scram, <laughs> get the money, get out, get, take the bag, get out of here." It was a wild one. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, this was a lot better than that time where I uh, was partying for like thirty full seconds and then looked up at the scoreboard and we had lost. So I was like, "What happened?" I was like, "I don't understand." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what, did you get anything this weekend? Uh, well, I went to Spoon without you. Oh, yeah. How'd we, that go? We uh, we took your ticket, and we just brought a cardboard cutout of you to the show. <laughs> Got some people to sign up for the email list. Spoon was uh, awesome. They're awesome. Uh, you know, Ivy in the Toulouse Theater was great. We were in the VIP section. I did not know that there are tables in the VIP section. I would have been there at 5 o'clock. It's fancy. Very fancy, but I was uh, I was right at the nestle of the stairway, and I uh-huh. tried to get in there. No matter where my girlfriend and I are at a concert, the drunkest white-haired lady will find <laughs> us, start dancing near us, try to get between us, bump into us, spill <laughs> on us. Nowhere is safe. No, you would think the VIP is safe. It was not safe. Nothing is ever safe. There are stupid people everywhere of every class and gender. Yes. <laughs> All inconsiderate people rule the world. A lot of disclaimers this week. Did something happen? <laughs> no, just, uh, I mean, that's... You said there are people of all genders. Now, how many genders are there? Spoon was good, is my point. How long did they play for? Uh, they played for an hour and a half. It was like a 30-minute encore. Okay. All the hits. Yeah, that's great. There's some guy there wearing a light-up homemade shirt that said Spoon on it, like out of glow sticks. Man, you got to really like Spoon. 
The opening band was like the goth kids from South Park formed a band. <laughs> they were good. I just, I'm, you hit a certain age. I think 29, 30 is the age where it's like the opening band could be great. I don't give a shit. So just get off the stage. Get out of here. <laughs> you guys are great. I'll listen to you after the show. I'm not here for it. I would like to go to bed the minute, the, the soon as possible minute that I can. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I once saw uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones open at Tipitina's. And that was the only time in recent memory where I've been like, man, the opener was incredible. Yeah. And then it turned out that they got way bigger than the band who I think I came to see. So, hmm. um, but yeah, that's good. It was a fun night in the quarter. Did you guys just kind of go in and out? We got in and got out. Yeah. We knew we were, we knew where we were. We knew we were lucky getting in there, getting past the line, getting to the VIP. We were not going to take our chances. Lovely. So we skedaddled. <laughs> GTFO, yeah. yeah, I hear you. Nothing. Uh, else. Well, we tried to go to Capasa Fest at uh-huh. Lafreniere Park. Nowhere to park. We drove around for twenty minutes. <laughs> What's Capasa Fest? It's a Latin X cultural <laughs> heritage. No one's saying that. Was, you know, a, a Latin American festival. Okay, I know there was Mexican uh, food, Honduran food. Did you go to Gretna Fest? Uh, we were going to, but then all the Beach Boys died. <laughs> They're a thousand years old, and they all just died at once, so we didn't go. I heard they had like record crowds at Gretna Fest. Oh, good uh, for Herman's Hermits. The bands that they dig up, yeah, it was like <sighs> <laughs> Alice Cooper, wasn't it? The like? Archies were there. <laughs> Half the surviving members of Thirty Eight Special. <laughs> Probably Parliament Funkadelic. I saw Parliament Funkadelic once, and I thought the audience was on stage. They just have 700 people. So many people. The one guy in a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's a shame you, know, you missed did, Gretna Fest, we, we thought about it. We, uh, you know, sometimes you get a hankering for funnel cake. Yeah. And REO Speedwagon. That's true. And that is where they meet as uh, Gretna Fest. That's the Venn diagram ha- right you, there. You didn't... No, I didn't go anywhere. I was, you were wiped out. I was at Tiger Stadium for 12 hours. I went to the Saints game on Sunday, mm-hmm. brought my three-year-old to the Saints game. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a crazy game, and it was you know like one of those like where I was like, I feel like I should be paying better attention to this game because it seems like a lot is happening. But it's also like there was kind of like a weird low energy in the Dome for most of the game because I don't think anybody uh, – cares right now because the team's not very good and the opponent wasn't very good they weren't playing very well uh and then as the the Taysom show started everything began to really pick up uh with a vengeance and, and i think the saints showed like a glimmer of a path um to how they can be like a really good team well i think the the pathway for the saints has been set and it's simple Taysom hill has to play historically good football <laughs> Every single game uh-huh. to barely beat a very bad team. A very bad team. Can Taysom Hill get four touchdowns a game like Al Bundy? <laughs> and Travis Kelsey, yeah. Every single game? Uh-huh. It'll make up for a fumble. <laughs> uh, dude, he, yeah, he did fumble on a kickoff too, didn't he? Yeah. Um, he was great. Let's just start there. The Saints win in uh, comeback fashion. They blew a lead, then came back. Uh, in the last four minutes, 
It was not the prettiest performance. It was uh, at times a little a, a little nerve wracking, but it was ultimately a uh, a very important win for this team. Taysom Hill was incredible, uh, running the ball to start with. Then he had to do kick returns because Deontay Hardy got hurt. Uh, and then at some point they were just like, screw it. Uh, we're not going to score unless he throws the ball. And they went ahead and had him throw in the ball and puts up a touchdown. And then had what? Like, what was that touchdown? Like 60 yards? Yeah. It was an incredible, truly incredible performance. It is hard to overstate how important he was in that game. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch because no one was really talking about Taysom before the season. During the season, I think the murmuring has been, let's use Taysom a little more. And now we're at that position where Taysom shined last year where everybody's just hurt. So there is once again a place for Taysom. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't, you know, we were, we were talking about the star power and like how every position was pretty stacked and the injury bug came and now we're looking at Taysom once again and he, uh, you know, he showed up, he showed out. And what do you do with fantasy football and Taysom? Is yeah. he allowed? Where does he play? It's cheat code, right? I think so. It was fun to watch. It 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 was historic. It felt historic watching it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was against Jito Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Who was torching the Saints' defense. Yeah, he's had a good season. You know, people laugh at the name Geno Smith a little bit, but mm-hmm. he's been having a killer season. I, I think Seattle was better on paper than the Saints during that game. Mm-hmm. Some Saints, for once, got a few calls going their way. Yep. And again, a historic performance from Taysom put him over the top, and it was fun to see. Yeah, I don't come away uh, from that game feeling particularly confident about things going forward. Uh, I do believe the Saints are still a pretty mediocre team. They certainly are very injured, and I think you're starting to see the just they're just not very deep. And you know, a lot of teams aren't deep, but the Saints definitely are not deep. And no. as they started lining up at receiver, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is the same bag of trash they ran out there last year. This is Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith, and this is the same shit. Like. They don't have anybody to throw to. They have no weapons out there right now except Alvin Kamara. And uh, and when he wasn't doing anything, they had to rely on Taysom. And it's like, we can blame Andy Dalton, you know, for the offense not being great or at, at times and all that stuff. It's like, but he really didn't have, once Chris Olave got hurt, there's just not a lot of guys out there. Uh, hopefully Michael Thomas comes back this week. I think that would be very, very needed against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and it looks like Chris Olave could be out for a while. That hit was, uh, he got basically like body slammed head first uh, into the turf. Yeah, he was twisted around. Well, gross. we're talking about no weapons. Alvin Kamara, uh, did anybody have money on a Troutman touchdown? No, that was unbelievable. After, like a drive after he dropped one, too. Mouth agape. <laughs> Look at Taysom his- <laughs> touchdown pass to Troutman. The Trout Man pulling that in was a, a thousand to one. I mean, it was when the, I don't know what the odds would have had to been for you to bet that before the game. Will Taysom Hill connect with Adam Troutman on a touchdown pass? I mean, I, I'd have bet my mortgage against it. I I wanted the front page of the paper the next day to be Troutman reels one in, <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't. Because it turns out that wasn't the winning touchdown. That's no. the problem. Yeah. Uh, 
I, look, d- the Saints have the Bengals next week. It is going to be a very difficult game. I am glad the Saints have two wins. Uh, I think that makes things better. I just don't think they're very good, man. It's no. unfortunate. But, I, I mean, a lot of teams in the NFL aren't very good. A couple of not it very good teams. It kind of seems like that yeah. this season. A couple of those won't make, will, will make the playoffs, some not good teams. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't see a huge area of strength anywhere uh, on this team right now. And it's got to, it's just feels like a lot of talk was pretty empty. Well, they don't put resilience in the box stats. <laughs> But I think maybe they should. <laughs> I could sell that to like Howie Long yes. for $10,000. <laughs> yes. Could sell that shirt to Flirty Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Resilience isn't in the box score. No, I, I, I do not think that the Saints are a very good team. I also, on the other hand, think that the Saints could be 4-1 and one somewhat easily yeah. with what they've got. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati is a good team despite their record, uh, you know, but I think Jefferson is going to come back home and show out. Chase. Huh? Jefferson already did it. Yeah. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going <laughs> to come back. Same guy. I He's going to show out and... Uh, who is there to protect because CJ Gardner Johnson is gone. Mm-hmm. You had some insight to that being a bad trade uh, moments after it happened. Yeah. I would say that not a lot of people maybe publicly spoke to that. Yeah. And I think now that conversation is coming back around. Uh, what? Why did we do that? It's stupid. You look at it now, you're like, look at how many bags of shit you have to play in mm-hmm. the secondary. Like, And it's not their fault. They shouldn't be playing. Like, You were way down the list. They had to pick up some guy, Harris Jr., to pick up off the scrap heap who's clearly washed, like a guy who was, you know, he was all pro seven years ago, but he's not anywhere near that level. He didn't know what to do. They were getting up long runs and long passes and the safety help with Marcus May not being available. Uh, that was brutal. Tyron Matthew does not look like the same guy in a lot of a lot of senses. I think he Lattimore watched a touchdown go in. Oh, yeah. Just watched, watched it. Go it. By. Yeah. You're smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I mean, they're just not that talented uh, when they're banged up and they're missing a couple guys and that's all it takes paulson adebo who everyone just slobbered all over for all of training camp and he stinks he got destroyed uh in the secondary so it really does make you just miss a guy like gardner johnson who at least even if he was screwing stuff up he was making big plays he was bringing an edge to the team he was Mm -hmm. doing some stuff that made you feel like this guy is, you know, going to make an impact. They just don't seem like they have enough of those guys. And when you're, and everyone, the response, like dogma, the response when you say anything about it is, well, he was going to walk in free agency. It's like, who cares? Yeah. You got a fifth round pick for it. You could have at least played him this season, or if not, make him rot on the bench until he decides he wants to play this season. Like, it was, it's so silly to be like, well, you got to get something for him now. It's not true. Like right. Trey Hendrickson walked, and he's going to be in Cincinnati murdering Andy Dalton on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> he walked for nothing, but it was still a good idea to play him the year before, where he got like seventeen sacks or mm-hmm. fifteen sacks or whatever it was. Like you have to, 
guys leaving free agency all the time and every year. Like that was a really stupid move. Every week that the defense gets more and more banged up and shows itself to be more and more pedestrian, uh, it is a problem. And this is uh, not something that's going to be easily overcome. And you're never probably going to be completely healthy again for the rest of the season. So you're just going to have to deal with it. And it seems like the biggest impact player on defense this season, or at least the last two games, has been Cam Jordan. Yeah. And that's a good thing for the Saints to have any personality on defense and somebody stepping up to make the plays. But what's not ideal is he's old and he's surrounded by a lot of talent that does not seem to be stepping up. Yeah. Uh, There There are so many personalities on this team. Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew. Those are big additions to this team, and especially Matthew. And I just don't see that personality. C.J. Gardner-Johnson had a personality. He had a character. He had a charisma that you could see on the field. This is a fucking vanilla wafer team right now for how many big names are out there. Yeah, I I completely agree. And look, Pete Werner, he has no personality but he's played very well yeah I think he, he looks like the default character on tony hawk pro skater <laughs> i think he's been better than demario this year i feel like he's done more uh than i have definitely heard his name more yeah i've seen him doing more stuff than demario which is surprising but look man you can't use three first round picks on two defensive ends in davenport and turner and they don't do a whole lot. Right. Davenport, at least, is kind of around that. Peyton Turner is like a healthy scratch most games. That guy sucks. He's not he's invisible. And that is like these whiffs by the front office. And it's just like it kind of starts to add up after a certain time when you don't have a quarterback who's able to bail you out of a lot of stuff. Now, Taysom bailed you out of this particular game. But you're going to have to. It is going to require a shift uh, in in something, you know, whether it be the offensive scheme, whether it be Andy Dalton kind of you know turning into something he's not. I don't know what you can do at this point. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a path unless they just beat every bad team on the schedule going down that there's a lot there right now. It's a little discouraging for a team that every single person picked to win 10 games. I'm just not seeing a whole lot. Uh, that gives you the promise that they can be a great team. But again, you don't have to be a great team to make the playoffs. If you can build a little week by week, that says a lot. And I think this week, the quarterback play was better than the previous weeks. Sure. That's really about it. Yeah. There's no one out there to catch a ball. You got Troutman getting a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean... Say whatever you will about Troutman, but when he's the guy catching the ball on a team with these huge names, that's not ideal. Yeah. I mean, he spent the third and fourth quarter throwing the ball to Traquan Smith. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to catch the ball. He's a professional wide receiver who doesn't know how to catch the ball. That's like being a professional writer who doesn't know how to type. This is what I was hearing a lot. The commentary was just atrocious (laughs) on Fox this week. But they were talking about these guys like, you know what I love about this guy? He knows football. And it's like they should all know football. (laughs) Yes, that's the job. They're professionals. (laughs) This guy bags groceries. He is allergic to plastic. (laughs) This is insane. Like, Traquan Smith cannot catch a football. I do have some hope in Marquez Calloway. Yeah, he's okay. He's made some good catches, and he's stepped up I guess, with a question mark I guess you need Michael Thomas to come back you need him to come back Michael Thomas. 
I've had enough of Michael Thomas being not on the field. Yes, a I lot think, of games. I think the Houdat Nation. Yes, is it's like all right. Yeah, just come play. On. What is it? Your toe? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what he hurt anymore. I don't. I can't even remember. Uh, but it would be nice to get him back on the field. Look, the the other big question when it comes to this uh, to this week coming up, what do you do about the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase situation? Like. The LSU fans, Cincinnati would have brought a lot of fans anyway. They don't come here very often. Uh, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They are a team with a, a good fan base. But then you're going to have a lot of Favre-like Burrow fans. Remember like when yeah. Favre would come play mm-hmm. here, all of coastal Mississippi would show up and you know as if they were born and raised in Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah, same with uh, Jake DeLome. Yeah, Jake DeLome had a little <laughs> bit of that. Yeah, but it was... Uh, it was always the thing, and I think this is going to be a thing where a lot of LSU people are going to show up to the Superdome wearing like a Burrow Bengals jersey and like a Saints hat, and I just I, I find that to be stupid. This is like critical mass for the newfound Bengals fans. You got Super Bowl, you got Handsome Joe, yeah, and you got the Saints stinking. Uh huh. This is a gold mine. For LSU fans to hop on over, uh-huh. and you, d- you, I did it too. I, you know, it's like, well, they're in the ASC. <laughs> sure, Who cares? Yeah. They're good. They're yeah. fun. We'll root for them. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see in the French Quarter. I, I don't think LSU people are gonna be doing the jersey hat thing in the quarter when they get in there. Yeah, of course, their kids love Joe Burrow. Sure, there's not a child on this planet <laughs> that loves Andy Dalton as a football player. <laughs> This is not one. His own kids think <laughs> Joe Burrow is better than him, yes. It's going to be, and I'm going to be right there with him. I'm going to be wearing my white tiger striped <laughs> jersey going, I never cared about these goofballs. Uh, Are the, you, you're going to that game? I actually don't know uh, mm-hmm. if I'll be there or not. And uh, But, you know, if it, I'll be driven crazy. But the same way I get driven crazy by every time the Lakers come here and there's a million yeah. Lakers fans, like you are clearly have a 504 area code. And you grew up with one. You've never had anything else in your entire life. Why are you a Lakers fan? And it'll, this makes a little bit more sense. But also, it's just like, look, man, you can't be... The thing where you're like a fan of an individual in a team sport to me is always weird. I've never like, and there are tons of them in Knoxville. They're all Knoxville Colts fans. Like they, all they cared about was Peyton. They would go to Nashville for the Colts Titans game mm-hmm. in all Colts gear, whatever. And I'm like, this is like a weird, like you can do this for a golfer or a tennis player. I'm like this is such a weird thing to do for an individual football player. But it's what people do, and I think there's going to be a lot of them for Joe Burrow. There are some individual players that I like and I follow, but I wouldn't like... Like, I really like Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I'm not a Heat fan. No. I wouldn't go to the game wearing his jersey, but I like him personally, sure. and I follow his career. Yeah. I'm not going to take that extra step. I think it's fine for it's fine for anyone to do it. Yeah. Just personally, it seems a little childish. Yeah, I, I, that's a. If you like, you can't call yourself a Saints fan <laughs> and then be like, "Oh, but they're playing this guy I love." Yeah, so I'm going to root for the guy. Well, that's kind of. It's like, well, that you can, you can live however you want to live, but don't call yourself a Saints fan. You're not a Saints fan. You're a guy who watches the Saints. Well, there's like a larger part of it where people are like, "I'm not going to go to Chick Fil A because of what they vote for. I'm going to go to Popeye." <laughs> it's like you think everyone at this Popeyes. 
votes the same way as you. <laughs> yes, everyone working in this Popeyes loves gay people. I'll go like, to Whole Foods. They're not owned by Amazon. <laughs> You'll show them. <laughs> yeah. That kind of line of logic, I don't really yeah. drive with. I always liked the, uh, after Facebook bought Instagram, people kind of didn't realize. They're like, I don't use Facebook anymore. Facebook's awful. It's cost the election. I use Instagram, yeah. like, owned by Facebook. I use Metabook. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same. So, it always feels bad when I log on to Instagram and I see that little Facebook icon at uh, the bottom. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I cognitively. Um, uh, it's a different computer. <laughs> You're not tracking me on this one. Uh, no, nah, man. The Saints uh, will have, obviously, a lot of fans there, but I do think it's going to be the most road fans as far as, like, if Burrow does anything, people are going to be cheering very loudly for him. I think people are going to be very excited for him. And, look, I get it. He's the greatest quarterback in LSU history. He led the greatest football season by far mm-hmm. in LSU history and possibly the greatest season in the history of college football. Uh, you can certainly argue it. So I get it. Uh, but at the same time, if you're a saints fan, be a goddamn saints fan, you know, this is r- ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of Tennessee players. I like, I never rooted for them over the saints. I grew up basically around family that went to school with Peyton and Eli rooted against them every time they played with the, <laughs> against the saints. And so did those family members. They graduated with Peyton and Eli. Don't care. That's why like you hear people talk about rooting for the sec, like in the sugar bowl. So and stuff. stupid. Are you going to root for the NFC South? <laughs> and, because Power that's, Ranking. the same yeah. thing yeah yeah it's uh impossibly dumb well, luckily we've got it all figured out all figured out we're the only ones who know the right answer <laughs> uh so we'll come right back we've got pelicans to talk about of course a little bit of local news so please stick around we'll be right back polk and kush so the pelicans are currently undefeated Yes. In the preseason. Yes. What's more exciting than that? They might never lose again. I think that's what it's trending towards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's something about uh, inertia, momentum. <laughs> this team cannot be stopped. A freight train rolling downhill. Yeah. That's what the Pelicans are. Zion is the conductor. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's been a lot of hype. Sure. Before any games. Yes. Now the Pelicans are playing real basketball. Mm-hmm. At this point, Zion's out there for four minutes, and they brought back Thomas Sadoransky. <laughs> He's playing 39 minutes a game. But, you know, they're undefeated. And it's a lot of fun. And have you seen any of the preseason games? Very sparingly. I watched a little of the Chicago game. Uh, that was mostly the one that I saw. The, that's the one I saw the most of. Uh, I didn't see much of the San Antonio game. I saw a little bit. but And then they were at home, uh, but I had uh, a prior Oblos and couldn't make that one. Have you watched any preseason? Uh, not live, no. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching the... <laughs> highlights. You know, I watch it on the news. Sure. And, uh, Jackson Hayes got hurt, uh, so that is the only thing that really, to this point... He was back in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe he... Yeah, I Something with his elbow. It sounds not good. 
uh, for Jackson A's. But other than that, everything about this preseason has been uh, nothing but positive. And I think people are very excited when Trey Murphy is hitting seven threes in a game. You just sort Mm -hmm. of naturally imagine the possibilities and Willie Green said it he's like look man Zion provides so much gravity that everybody else is just better by him being out there and you think how good this team was down the stretch last year you add Zion to that and how much you know space now everybody's got to play with and yeah it's all kind of lining up the way that it's supposed to uh, at least so far and I just want to say how proud I am that we mentioned Zion having a lot of gravity (laughs) I don't know why you're laughing. A year ago, there may have been some immature remarks around that. That is true. No that more. That's true. He no longer has his own gravitational pull. <laughs> yes. That's something. The density of a planet, some would say. That's something an uncouth person would have said. An unlearned man who has experienced no growth and we're about growth and learning here this is therapy yes this is basically uh this is you know our therapy that you're listening to for an hour uh they also came out this week so i mean pelicans preseason uh, i don't take much into the games i don't take much into really anything i want to watch them play uh the regular season that will be happening very soon i believe they open a week from tonight uh, something like that. I think it's the 19th yeah. is when they start. I forgot so, we're in the future. Yeah, we are in the future. Uh, so that will be, I, that, that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. It does feel like it's preseason has happened very quickly. Uh, unlike football preseason, which drags, mm-hmm. like football preseason takes forever because there's nothing else going on in sports. Basketball preseason kind of like, Comes and goes like a blink because you're not paying attention to Basketball it. preseason is fun because it's, well, basketball is here. Yeah. And then you get to see three minutes of a game that looks pretty cool. Uh-huh. You get to see how these guys look now. And then it's real games. Yeah. And when they're not playing, you're like, oh, look, it's football. It It's a nice way to ease people into it. Yeah. Too. Unlike football preseason, you're like, oh, there's no football being on. I'm going to die because yeah. I have nothing to do. I'm staring at the wall. And I just want to plow my head into the drywall. This has nothing to do with sports at this point. <laughs> this is the therapy thing we're talking about. <laughs> um, they are going to, I mean, they're going to be good. I'm just going to go out and say it. Like, I have a hard, unless they are brutally injured, they should be really good. And uh, everything has kind of lined up to be really good. Uh, they should be actually be deep enough to sustain a couple of injuries throughout the season. That's mm-hmm. always been the problem that once you got one or two guys hurt, it became very difficult to win. That should not be the case this time around. The vibes seem to all still be there for them uh, through this preseason. That's to be expected. There's been nothing, no adversity to speak of so far. Uh, Willie Green still doing all the Willie Green stuff. It's all very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a chance to read the Sports Illustrated article on Zion that came out today? No, I haven't. So, I haven't even heard about it. Yeah, so Zion uh, gave a pretty revealing interview to Howard Beck, basically talking about like how like deeply depressed he was for parts of last season, uh, even so much as like breaking down emotionally to Teresa Weatherspoon, uh, you know, who's an assistant coach after a game one time, like didn't want to do anything, could hardly get out of bed, like just was like very, very deeply depressed. Uh, and didn't, I think was really concerned that his career was going to like 
go away because his foot was not healing properly. He couldn't get himself in shape. And then when he went everywhere, every decision that he made was getting just annihilated in the national press. And it was interesting to read that side of Zion. And, you know, we said it a hundred times last year. Like, I wish he would just talk and Mm -hmm. tell people what's going on. I think if he had said that during the season last year, people would have gone easier on him. I don't know. Um, I mean, we we said a hundred times it would be nice to hear from Zion and, and to know what's going on. And then when you hear something like that about being incredibly depressed and his mental health, like it's not as simple as just going, hey, everyone, I'm really depressed yeah. and I'm having mental health issues right now yeah. and all of, you know, you can't just come out and say that. Like sure. he doesn't have... He's a kid. He doesn't have the lexicon in his head yeah. of how to approach situations like that. Or the perspective, right? Once yeah. we're in the middle of it, it's it, hard to... And like what we're saying, you know, this is all like rose-colored glasses. Like, I, it, it's good to hear that. And, you know, it makes me feel a little bad for some of the stuff I thought about Zion and said on this podcast about him. Yeah. You know, it puts it, it does put it to a human perspective. This is a kid. This is opening up about something pretty serious. And if you're not thinking about that, you know, you're just sitting here saying like, well, why aren't you saying anything to me? Yeah, yeah, it just it, it is hard, and I understand that if you don't have, if you can't contextualize it because you're in the middle of it, all that kind of stuff, it just was like the silence. I do feel like the silence made things worse last yeah. year, and every time that there was just like some, you know, offhand picture of him walking around, and there's he wasn't there to defend himself, and he wasn't there to say what's going on, and nobody from the team really wanted to talk on his behalf. I do think it made things worse. Thankfully for him, it sounds like all that is behind him. It sounds like he probably gained a little bit of uh, perspective, humility, however you want to describe it. Like a guy who a lot of things have gone right for him for most of his life. I'm sure that's very difficult to deal with, too. Yeah. He's been an all-star since he was born, basically. Yeah. And it's like he's probably very rarely had a setback, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or or even ever had to question, you know, himself or or his abilities. Uh, So all those things are probably good for him in the long run. Uh, Obviously, they were very difficult at the time. Uh, I do think it sheds a human side on him. I also think it explains why when I go to the open practice and you look at him, he's just smiling ear to ear the entire time. Mm -hmm. Why he was so willing to accept a contract that really was not, he could have negotiated significantly harder for the contract extension that he got. The Pelicans have some voidable years in there. There's, you know, clauses about his health. There's all kinds of like he didn't take the, 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 I think the absolute maximum amount of money when it comes to the amount of years and stuff. It's like, there's there is a lot of things the a lot of concessions the Pelicans got on their behalf that they Zion probably could have fought them over and you you do understand when he talks like that you're like okay he's just grateful to kind of be playing in the NBA and be back on the court and I think he did mention like getting there and we talked about it last season mm-hmm. he said getting back around the team toward the end of the year the arena being full people being happy that team being happy really sort of change his perspective on things. And that's like one of those where while it was happening, I kind of thought it was bullshit and like, you know, that's, that's Mayberry Mm -hmm. kind of like fanciful, fanciful thinking that that would be the case. 
Turned out it ha- it's actually, it works. Well, it's easy to stay in that way of thinking with Zion where you don't hear anything. So, like, I when I don't hear anything, I automatically assume the worst. Yeah. And particularly when it comes to very wealthy people, very talented people, I don't give them much credit when they do speak. Mm-hmm. And... So yeah, when I when when we saw him around the team at the end of last season, I, that was genuine appreciation for what was happening and you know, we spoke to him not really knowing who those people were and that was I that was the event that caused him to to get to know those people and yeah. now we're hearing about it and hopefully that is a foundation for success. It's certainly gratifying to hear I think it puts a stamp on any conversation about dedication and it's it's nice to finally hear it and you know yeah start on the path of just watching him destroy people on court without worrying about any sort of issues and where he is with the team and where he is mentally yeah and uh you know there's still questions basketball wise like him and ingram have played together but they didn't they weren't terribly successful Mm -hmm. next to each other they had a very bad season that year mostly because the other pieces he hasn't played next to you know mccollum there's only one ball you got a very offensive team there are things to work out there are problems that could exist but if you pay any attention to this team and you're reading between the lines and like there is nothing about this season that would make you concerned Mm -hmm. right now. And that's such a weird feeling to have as you enter mid-October for the Pelicans because normally you're going like, all right, they're paper thin in X, Y, and Z spot. They've got this guy who you don't know what you can get every night. There's, uh, There's really not that much of that. Well, speaking to uh, Brandon Ingram's relationship with Zion, I think kind of the healing moment for Pelicans will be when people are selling bootleg T-shirts of Zion as Goku and Brandon Ingram as Vegeta. <laughs> that's doing the, the fist bump. That's, yeah. I think that's it. That's what we He need. would love that. I know. We, once we can start to get some more uh, of those you know, bootleg shirts... That's the other Gene Couture and whatever oh, yeah. those places are. You New know, Orleans is so behind the, the times on this the, kind of the stuff. dirty coast, whatever. A uh, hundred shirts with different players on them. That's what. That's when you'll know that this city has really turned the corner. I think so. I think that's what. But I, I do think people are uh, very excited. Understandably so. There's a nice crowd at the preseason game. Mm-hmm. I was told, and good energy and all that sort of stuff. So it should be a uh, a very fun season. I'm very much looking forward to it getting started and actually watching some real yeah. basketball. And um, hopefully we'll have some Polk and Kush nights out at the arena. We we can do that. We can sell the bootleg Polk and Kush t-shirts yes. right next to everything else. Right. <laughs> yes, we're going to sell uh, those weed pens that don't have real weed in yeah. them. And then we're going to sell bootleg t-shirts and mm-hmm. we're going to sell fake beer. I think so. That's going to be us. Polk and Kush Enterprises, <laughs> LLC. <laughs> We need to make some money off the pod. Let's just start selling bootleg merch. <laughs> Let's sell it for a more popular podcast. We just- <laughs> if you guys want a Saints Happy Hour podcast t-shirt, I'll make one. The Joe Rogan experience with a folks face. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's uh let's stay local here. What about a little local roundup? It is 
Little Nola breakdown action for you. Uh, if you've been driving around, and when I drive around, my eyes are locked in on all the targets around me. <laughs> it's like twisted metal. Anytime I'm going anywhere, I'm just ready for danger. But I'm gonna. I I, I took a moment and I looked up and I saw a billboard. For uh, the former mayor lady, Desi Charbonnet. Uh Uh-huh. And the billboard says, uh, I'm not your mayor, but I can be your attorney. (laughs) And it's got her phone number, nice picture, all that. Uh, She ran for mayor and really, like, rode into LaToya on, like, bad spending, Mm. like, just not being good with money, a lot of things that are true yes. and we have come to see. So it's nice to see uh, her being as petty as New Orleans uh, <laughs> can be on a billboard. It's yeah. nice to spend money to talk shit. Yeah. That's fun. It's also like one of those uh, miss me yet kind of, yeah. you know, oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, it's, it's a, a regretting that decision, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, which obviously everybody is. Uh, at the time, she was like the the old new orleans right she represented a lot of the 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 old political powers and people were like oh we want a new breath of fresh air because whatever now everyone's like oh remember what everybody stole from us and they were all horrible and in prison and stuff that was way better than this lady (laughs) (laughs) remember when things sucked back then but at least you know we knew that why it sucked it's like now we got this lady and she sucks for all new reasons and they're way worse so that's where we're at so desiree charbonnet you know i think she's got a point I like New Orleans is top notch when it comes to like lawyers and billboards. Uh-huh. You got your Juan Lafonta, you got your <laughs> Morris Bart, and now Desi, she's joined. Desiree has how, joined. How many? I would love to know from like the State Bar Association how what percentage of attorneys have a billboard in the city. It's got to be eighty percent. You would think so. <laughs> I mean, it's every. Every year they're cranking them out of law school and they're going and placing an ad with Viacom on the billboard. And you got the you got the billboard and then you've also got the bus lawyer, mm-hmm. which I would say is not quite billboard level. Yeah. But it speaks to me because I'm riding behind buses. <laughs> I'm riding on the bus. I'm driving the bus. <laughs> where should be- where should we advertise? I know. We they've taken everything. I think we should put a QR code on a billboard <laughs> so people are just driving by 80 miles an hour. Pull out your phone. I want to be inside the bus where they play the podcast over the PA of the bus yeah. and everyone can just be like, who the fuck are these guys? It'll, I hate these losers. It'll interrupt everyone on the bus listening to music without headphones. Yes. <laughs> Turn it down. I'm trying to listen to music very loud on my speakerphone. That's going to be our new marketing trick. We're just going to go in with a, a boombox and play our podcast on every single bus. Yeah, we'll do the say anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you might you might should be taking the bus because Ubers, or at least thinking you're in an Uber, can get pretty dangerous too. 
And the lower garden district, uh, early Monday morning, not that early, uh, a little after midnight, 1240 Monday in the garden district, police say a 30-year-old woman and a 27-year-old man got in a red Ford Explorer that they thought was their rideshare vehicle. The two women in the car drove them to the 1,000th block of Chapatulas and then forced them to give them their bank cards and PIN numbers. Wow. I don't know how you force somebody, because it doesn't mention a gun or anything like that. Yeah. Um, check your license plates yeah. on the Ubers. Now, new, now, Louisiana is a silly state. We don't have license plates on the front of our vehicles. That's right. So it can be kind of hard to go around to the back. But maybe just take a minute so you don't get robbed. <laughs> I mean, that is the odds of that are just terrible. Yeah. I've accidentally gotten in a car that I thought was an Uber, and the person who was driving it was like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I was like, are you Jug Dash? She's like, no. <laughs> like, oh. Okay, and then I got out of the car. Sorry. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, instead, this this is like immediate New Orleans opportunism uh, of two people getting the back of your cards. Like, well, here's some people that are making it way easy to rob them. I'm going to presume that these ladies weren't driving around. It doesn't say anything about like foul play. You're you've been partying all day after yeah. the saints victory maybe you've had a few too many uh <laughs> phil collins tom collins, tom collins. you yeah. make a phil collins you hop in the <laughs> you hop in the red unidentified vehicle oh. and they take you around the corner and well, they just asked for the PIN number. I guess you could make it up. <laughs> well, they're probably staying. They're probably forcing you to stand there, is my guess, while they put it in. Well, no, they were in the car. They got the PIN number, and then I guess they let them go. It doesn't say anything about being at. It's like buying fake tickets. I mean, the 1,000 block of Chapatulas. Maybe there is a bank there. I don't know. I don't know either, but that sounds terrible. That is really like the most New Orleans story imaginable. I got in the wrong Uber and they just immediately robbed me. At the there is no bank at this. Where is it? The cool, what, at, uh, one thousand block is like by the Walmart. Koshan. Okay, okay. Maybe they There's went to an ATM, ATM at the yeah. Chevron. I don't know if they were at Koshan. They may have been yeah. turning up. <laughs> I mean. That is, that Hal, is highly unfortunate. Hal and Wolf is over there. Maybe they were enjoying <laughs> some live stand-up comedy. Yeah, some at the live den. stand-up comedy from. And they're like, "I'd like to take a nice break of this comedy. Let's go get robbed." That sounds like an improvement. They're like, "Hey, I I thought this was Andrew Polk's show. <laughs> this stinks. Let's go get robbed instead." <laughs> when was he last year? Five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> But what's yeah. last time you performed at Howlin' Wolf? Uh, Howlin' Wolf? Uh, I don't know. The people I gave the show to uh, have never asked me to do it. <laughs> but you know, not, not <laughs> no bitterness. <laughs> I haven't done Howlin' Wolf in a while. Yeah. Well, don't go now. Well, the last time I did the show at Helen Wolf was probably three or four years ago. I was back in town from Los Angeles, and a bunch of people came out, and they're like, we didn't know they still did shows in New Orleans. <laughs> so that felt nice. Uh, you know, there might be too many stolen vehicles in your city. 
when one stolen vehicle is crashed into another unrelated stolen vehicle. Goodness gracious. This story is a bit of a bummer, but that's the highlight of it. This was in the Desire area. A truck was stolen. It was most stolen vehicles at speed. Yes. They're getting away from something, and this one crashed into a house. And it crashed into a truck, and the other crash, uh, the other truck it crashed into was also stolen. Good Lord. I don't, you know, it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup situation. <laughs> a Russian nesting yeah. doll of <laughs> stolen vehicles. Hey, you crashed into my stolen vehicle. <laughs> this is my, this is a stolen vehicle, too. I don't know. Between that, somebody got, I, I was watching the news and somebody, uh, there they were involved in a car accident and the people that ran into them just jumped out and stole their car so it's like what do you do somebody hits your car you drive off and then get in trouble for that so So, wait they hit the car a vehicle hit another vehicle and then four guys jumped out of the vehicle and stole the vehicle they that they just hit yeah I mean, it's lawless, bro. It's hard to know if that's on. What, what do you do? Do you jump out of the car and start firing at them? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> they ha- your gun's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be quick on your feet. So and like, you're going to be on your feet. Yeah, they're stealing they're your stealing car. They're stealing your car. There is, uh, yeah, not a lot of fear out there. So the answer to the question is uh, don't drive anywhere. What if? Or oh, don't get hit. Maybe it's dangerous on the streets. It's more dangerous in the water. Uh-huh. Did you see the story today? No. It was on everything. Uh, some fishermen uh, on the like in Venice, Louisiana, around there, mm-hmm. I believe they live in Homa, uh, went out fishing for red snapper or something. I don't know what the hell it was. And their boat started taking on water. They tried to bring it back into shore. The water was too choppy. Mm-hmm. Boat sank. Three gentlemen clinging to an ice chest. Uh, because of global warming, there are tons of sharks near the <laughs> Gulf Coast currently, and sharks were surrounded. The guy had like a phone. He's like filming some of it. He, uh, a giant shark attacked him, and he uh, he said he was hitting it in the nose repeatedly, which oh you know you learn from movies and TV and stuff like that. And then the shark bit his hand, and the man took his thumbs and like jammed him into the shark's eyes, and the shark that was attacking them left. What a badass! The Coast Guard was alert. This was Sunday. The Coast Guard was alerted, like, "Hey, these people went fishing." It was three men, and these aren't like. These are like younger guys. This is like, New Orleans. This was uh, this was uh, off of Venice, I okay. believe. Okay, they're from Homa. Good lord! And even though they like fought off the one shark that was attacking them, they said there were still like other sharks circling the area. <laughs> the Coast Guard was like, well, with these kind of situations. And this time span, there's a 15% chance of survival if they're wearing life vests. They were wearing life vests. That's helpful. But they said that by the time the time had passed, so so much time had passed that I suppose it was a very uh, low probability of finding them alive. And they were, they're all alive. They found them in a helicopter? Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, that's like a movie. They found them in the Jaguar shark from. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> life aquatic no yeah they found him in <laughs> that is uh dude i mean that's gotta sell your rights immediately over to hollywood yeah 
That is, dude, I'd be dead so fast. I hope those guys get sponsored by Yeti or <laughs> Igloo or whoever it is. Uh, Real and stream. Yeah, I, I would be dead, I'd say 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> You think they? I mean, you think they just watch me die, or think they try to protect me from dying? The sharks or the coast guard? The the guys, the other guys. They're all together, right? I think if it was like one of those situations, be like, all right, we're gonna eat Scott. (laughs) We gotta throw one of us. Who's the fastest to die? It's like very clearly the uh, Jew with allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get him out of here. It's like you're. We're eighty feet from shore, but we're still gonna eat Kush (laughs) just to make sure we don't need uh, any jokes or taxes done. (laughs) So you can uh, go ahead and satiate the shark for a little while. I bet a Jew has never been eaten by a shark. <laughs> if there's one race of people that has never been bitten by a shark, I'm going Jew. I feel like we're just too paranoid as people to really put ourselves in positions where we could be eaten by sharks very uh, often. The closest, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, I guess. <laughs> That's going to be the he closest. Shark, shark adjacent for a long time, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, man. Dude, that is a wild wild story yeah it was so it was it was pretty you know it's not a cool story it's cool that they survived and fought off sharks it's a horrible experience it was just it was just nice to hear something in the news that wasn't the usual humdrum yeah like you know i completely agree well i'm sure those guys guys are uh happy to give me a little joy yeah i know They'll never go fishing again. Yes. Well, the human spirit prevailed. Yeah, I think so. If there's one thing that doesn't show up in the stat box. (laughs) It's resilience. Resilience. (laughs) That's that's right. And uh, no real Latoya news this week that I saw. Yeah. Um, However, there was a machete-wielding madman who slashed a bunch of people right by her apartment. Oh, yeah? The uh, secret illegal apartment uh, in Jackson Square. Oh, they got people or they got, he got, he was going after tires. He slashed people. That's not, that's worse. uh, That's worse. Very close to her downtown apartment. Uh, Moments after the attack, uh, Latoya said, okay, you guys can have it. (laughs) I'm going to need to upgrade this apartment. (laughs) I don't feel very safe here. Yeah, this was uh, early. Man, Sunday was a wild day. Weird day. I think the moon is doing something. Taysom Hill was uh, needing to be down there protecting everybody. Yeah, according to NOPD, a 24-year-old woman got into a fight with a suspect who, quote-unquote, produced a machete. What is he, a 3D printer? (laughs) And cut the woman's hand around 6 a.m. at the corner of St. Anne and Charters. But yeah, the, the... this is this happens daily. Not a story. I was going to say half the time. I bet the police aren't even called for that. But yeah, uh, the the highlight of that is that it was just near the mayor's secret sex yeah. dungeon bungalow, <laughs> whatever it is. I think she lives in Colette now. If you're listening to this podcast and you know what Colette is, shame on you. <laughs> If you're co-hosting this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. That will do it for us this week. Uh, thank you also very, very, very much for listening. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. Please like, like, 
rate, subscribe, tell your friends, get on Spotify, show the masses, buy a billboard, do something to make someone else listen to Polk and Kush. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. See ya.